0: The message that I'm going to share with you today, I believe is going to be so helpful, not just for recent graduates, but for all of us. And we're going to continue in part two of our series, Voices. Honestly, I thought uh, I wasn't planning on preaching today. I was going to have some other people from our team share. But after last week, I felt like I just had a little bit more to say on this subject. So I want to continue in this series, Voices. And if you're just joining us today, whether online or in person, and maybe you missed Uh, last week's message, you could summarize this entire series with this statement that the right voices lead to the right choices. And conversely, the wrong voices lead to the wrong choices. By the way, that's why it's so important to get in a group. We've got our summer group season kicking off next week and uh, we do summer groups a little differently. We know that people are traveling and doing different stuff, so there's less groups to choose from, and it only lasts six weeks. But this is why groups are important because right voices lead to right choices, wrong voices lead to wrong choices. In fact, I had somebody text me this yesterday, unprompted. They sent this to me and said, Pastor Justin, after nine straight months of our Velocity Group meeting weekly at my home, we're planning our monthly dates over the summer until we reconvene again in the fall. Today, We had a retreat out. They talked about some stuff that they did and talked about the life-changing message last Sunday. But this is what I wanted you to capture. For all the fun we had, we would not have had the life change we've had if not for these friends. And we would not have had these friends if it was not for groups at Velocity. And that's why we do groups, is so that you can make some life-changing relationships. So you can have some friends in your life that will encourage you and help you and walk with you because right voices lead to right choices. And especially over the summer, you know, one of the things I just want to encourage you with, we have a serve day that's coming up July 10th. And one of the things about our serve day, see, as a church, we don't believe we're called to change this city. We believe we're called to serve this city. And that if we just serve this city, that we actually will change this city. And we want everybody to be involved in serve day. But the great thing about getting in a group is you can serve with your group. So maybe even if you're not doing a velocity group, could you just commit to gathering with some friends at least once over the summer, and then all these friends that you gather with, could you commit to serving together on Serve Day, July 10th? It's a great way to grow together. But I want to continue and build on what I started with last week, and I'm excited for today because I believe that today has the potential to bring a lot of clarity to some areas where you've been confused and is going to set some people free from some strongholds of lies that, They've believed. And to set this up, I want us to look in John chapter 8, the Gospel of John chapter 8. So if you have a Bible with you and you want to follow along, you can find your way there. Uh, A lot of us use our phones. So if you didn't bring a Bible with you, you can download the Bible app. Just go to Bible.com and download that. And you can make sure that I'm not making any of this stuff up. And it's a great way to uh, engage with God's Word. I'm reading from the NIV translation. If you want to read from the same one, It's not the greatest one, it's just one of them. Sometimes people ask me, what's the best Bible translation? Well, the best one is the one that you understand. So find one that you understand and that you read and you connect with and follow along that way. But in John chapter 8, verse 31 is where I'm gonna start. It says, to the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, And the truth will set you free. They answered him, We're Abraham's descendants, and we've never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Well, Jesus replied, Very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now, a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So, if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed." I want to call this message today, if you're taking notes, the truth about your truth. The truth about your truth. And I have to confess, I actually stole this title from my pastor, Pastor Kevin Gerald, uh, who, by the way, is going to preach for us for our 10-year anniversary. He's coming in September. I'm excited to have him. excited for you guys to meet him um, in our new building. Can you imagine that? 10 years and new building and... I get to meet my pastor, all that kind of stuff. But he preached this, he preached a message called The Truth About Your Truth last week. And I heard it, I said, hey, I'm going to steal your title just so you know. And uh, he said, that's fine. But, and it's okay to, to, um, you know, rip ideas off from people. Just make sure you make it better when you do. So this is my message, but it's his title. And uh, I'm gonna preach it better. Don't tell him I said that. Um, I'm gonna try. But, uh, and let me just give you all a, a tip on how to rip Ideas off because I know that um, I know that you guys rip me off lots of times and uh, that's I want you to do that like that's why I try and say things in a memorable way so that you can look really wise amongst your friends and um, so you know like when you when you do it let me just tell you the right way um, the first time like you know maybe in your family your your kid's going through something and you some say well you know it's like Pastor said right voices lead to right choices the next time you do it you know, maybe you're at work and there's a coworker dealing with a relational issue and you just say, hey, you know, I've heard it said, right voices lead to right choices. But the third time where you have a friend who's dealing with an issue, just say, it's like I always say, right voices lead to right choices. And uh, that's how you do it. All right, let's have some fun. Let's get into God's word today. I wanna pray and um, then we'll get into the preaching of God's word. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you, God, that you always speak. When we open up your word, I'm asking that we would have eyes to see, ears to hear, a mind to receive, a heart to understand, all the things that you have for us today, God. Speak through me, use me, let your word go forth like seed planted on good ground today. I thank you for it. And everybody who agrees with that can say in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, I just need to know all the parents in the room real quick. Can I just see all the parents in the room? I need to ask you a question. Great. Um, Parents... Be honest with me. How many of you would admit you lie to your kids sometimes? You lie to your kids sometimes? Just see your hands. See, some of you are, not, are lying right now because you don't even want to raise your hand and admit this, but this is true. I mean, sometimes you just have to. Like, like you'd have to lie to your kids. I mean, why was the door locked? No, don't, don't worry about it. Just, it was locked, okay? Why do you guys take such long nap? I just made it awkward for everybody in here. Um, sometimes you have to lie to your kids. And, uh, in fact, I need to get something off my chest. I lied to my daughter this morning. Uh, I'm repenting right now, but, uh, see my daughter, I don't know if this has been going on for a while. It started yesterday. She started like drawing on her arm and she calls it tattoos. And I have no idea where she got this from. Um, and Marissa doesn't like it. And so she had to, you know, scrub her all down. Yesterday and got the ink off, and then this morning woke up. She walked in the room and she had drawn on her arm again. And she said, "I've got a tattoo and I like it." And Marissa said, "Justin, will you tell your daughter to quit drawing on her arm because she's my daughter whenever she does something that Marissa doesn't like." And uh, so I had to go in there and I said, "Pippa, why why are you drawing on your arm? Don't don't do that." She says, "I I like it." I said, "I know you like it, but you can't do it." And she said, "Why can't I do it?" And I didn't know what to. I mean, what was I supposed to say? Because your mom doesn't want you to, right? Because we don't want to be embarrassed by you because we want to look like we have clean, I don't know. I said, don't do it because it's bad for your skin. Now, I don't know if that's true. I don't know if there is like a skin doctor who can tell me if that, I just made it up on the spot. Probably I inherited that idea from my parents because they told me something similar. I have no idea. I just lied, and sometimes you just lie to your kids because you don't know what else to say. But whether or not you have kids or not, the truth is... Sometimes we lie to ourselves. Sometimes I lie to myself. (laughs) And uh, I don't know, maybe sometimes I lie to myself because it's easier than owning the truth of the situation. Maybe sometimes I lie to myself, don't even realize it. (laughs) You know, like I say I was too busy to do that thing that you asked me to do, but I wasn't too busy. The truth of the situation is I was too lazy. I was tired because I had worked a lot, and in that moment I wanted to watch Netflix instead of work on that project. (laughs) Is that too real? I'm just saying, like, sometimes we we lie to ourselves, and I'm bringing up this idea because that's what's going on in this passage. Now, I want to back up and give you some context uh, of what we're looking at. The Gospel of John, this is the Gospel that we're looking at, John chapter 8. It's very appropriate that we would look at John chapter 8 In this series, because John, the apostle, in his gospel, he deals with two major themes over and over. You see these themes. The first one is the word of God became flesh. The spoken word of God. What God has said. The logos, Jesus, the word of God, flesh all throughout the gospel of John. You see this theme of God's word, the logos, his voice, what he's said. And the other theme he deals with is the truth, the truth over and over throughout the whole gospel. You can see the word and the truth, but probably nowhere is this more evident and more highlighted than where we're looking in John chapter eight, because in John chapter eight, you get what is maybe one of the, within the top 10, we'll say, most famous verses in all of scripture. Even if you don't even if you're not a church person, you're not a follower of Christ, your first time in church, don't know the Bible, you wouldn't even know where this verse is found, but you've heard this verse before, John eight thirty two. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. This phrase has just kind of found its way into our culture where we say this and we apply it in all sorts of different situations. But the context of this verse is really interesting because in John chapter eight, Jesus is talking to believers. Do we have any believers in the house today? I wonder if there's any believers. Anybody who loves Jesus, if you love Jesus, put your hands together. You love Jesus. See, I wanted you to clap because that might be the only time you clap in this sermon. I just wanted to get that out of the way. Makes me feel good. But I thought it was interesting because the first thing that stood out to me in the text is Jesus said, verse 31, to the Jews who believed in him, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Okay, pause here for a moment. Jesus is inviting believers to become disciples. In other words, what he's saying is that it is possible for you to be a believer and not be a disciple. Now this gets more challenging for me as I read on, because if you read on, I think it's verse 47, Jesus, he's having this conversation with these Jews who believed in him, and they wouldn't hear what he had to say, they weren't listening to the truth that was coming out of his mouth, and so he later on says, the reason you don't hear me is because you don't belong to God. And That kind of blew me away, because we have a phrase we say at our church, actually I'll change that, I have a phrase that I say, I won't put it on you, this phrase we say that you can belong before you believe. And what I mean by that, and I believe that, it's true. What I mean by that is that you might be here and you're not a Christ follower. You might be here and you're not sure where you stand with God. You might be here and you're not really sure what you believe. You might be here and you wouldn't consider yourself a Christian. There could be all sorts of things. You might be here and that's you. And can I tell you, if that's you, We're glad that you're here. I'm glad that you're here. If that's you, we actually started this church with you in mind because my commitment to you, if that's you, that when you come here, you might not have it all figured out, might not be sure what you believe, you're just trying out this church thing. If that's you, my commitment to you is that I'm gonna show you how to live according to the Bible. If that's you, my commitment to you is I'm gonna show you what God's word says. If that's you, My commitment to you is that you will have an opportunity to place your faith in Jesus for yourself. You'll have an opportunity to follow Jesus for yourself. So you can belong before you believe. And at the same time, I wanna stress, you're in a place that really does believe. Like we really do believe that the Bible is God's word. We really believe that the Bible is true, that Jesus is the son of God, that he is God in the flesh born of a virgin, that he lived a perfect, sinless life, that he died, was buried, and rose again on the third day, and that through faith in him, in faith alone, that you can have forgiveness of sins, that you can be saved, that you can be made new, that the old is passed away, all things become new, that you receive his Holy Spirit inside of you to empower you to live a holy life. We really believe this stuff. But Jesus said, hey, there's some of you, you're believers, but you're not all in on this. You're believers, but you're not really disciples. You're, You're believers, but only partially. And I want you to move from being just a believer to a disciple. And here's why. Verse 32, because then you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. In other words, he wants believers to become disciples so that you can experience freedom. Now, how many of you think that sounds like a good idea? Sounds like good news. Like, yeah, I've got some stuff in my life that's keeping me trapped. I've got some stuff in my life that's keeping me bound. But the people, the believers that he's talking to didn't like it. You might think, well, how could they not like this? This sounds like good news. It is good news. But they didn't like it in the same way some of us don't like it when I say things like, hey, I want to encourage you to go to Essentials. I don't know if I really need to do that. Why? Because it's essential to help you move forward with God's purpose and plan for your life. I want to encourage you to trust God in your finances by putting him first, bringing your first and best. We call that the tithe. I want to encourage you to do that. Not for us, for you. I want you to learn to be generous. I want to encourage you to find a way to serve. These things are important. Well, in the same way, they didn't like what he said, and they got offended at this thought that something in their life was keeping them trapped. And you see it in the next verse. They answered him, well, hold up just a minute here. We're Abraham's descendants. We've never been slaves of anyone. What are you talking about, Jesus? How can you say that we shall be set free? Okay, let's stop here for a moment. Remember how I said I lied to myself sometimes? That's exactly what they're doing. Really? You've never been slaves? You want to go all the way back to Abraham to prove this point? Really, never. Do you recall... Egypt, this nation where for 430 years you were enslaved under Pharaoh, Um, after you left Egypt, do you remember this group called the Philistines? How about um, the Assyrians? How about the Babylonians multiple times? (laughs) Did I forget to mention the fact that currently as we speak, you are under Roman occupation, Really? Never? You've never been slaves to anyone? And these same people who were believers in Jesus, whose historical heritage had spent centuries as slaves. Well, they would told themselves a story that had become so true, they no longer knew the difference. And sometimes you and i do the same thing we become so stuck in a story that we no longer know the difference between our truth and the truth our truth and the truth and this is the first thing i want you to write down for taking notes don't let your truth become your trap don't let your truth become your trap. See, these Jews who believed in Jesus, again, these are believers, had become so attached to their story that the story became their truth and caused them to miss out on their freedom. Now, my truth is a pretty popular phrase in our culture today. Have you ever heard this phrase, my truth? It's my truth, you've got your truth, I've got my truth. If you've never heard this phrase, all you got to do is watch an episode of The Bachelor. Because what you will see, and then repent after you watch The Bachelor. Um, (laughs) What you will see is that these people, these contestants, they get in arguments and when they want to explain their side of the story, well, they say, well, this is my truth. You got your truth, I got my truth, this is my truth. And I know like it's kind of, Maybe you've heard it, maybe some of you it's a new phrase, but I thought it's good to get us all on the same page, so I wanna give you a definition today, and I did not come up with this definition. Uh, I, w- I wanna give you a definition from the Urban Dictionary, the hallmark of accurate definitions for all slang terms. Um, I did not make this up. This is, you can Google this for yourself, but uh, the, in the Urban Dictionary, if you look up the phrase, my truth, this is what it will say. A convenient phrase, for avoiding arguments because people can contradict your opinion but not your truth. The phrase is often used when seeking to justify a controversial personal stance or action because people are not allowed to argue with your truth. Can I tell you, we've gotta be very careful about using the phrase My truth. Because if it's not true everywhere, it's not true. Therefore, your truth is not true. Your truth is your experience. And your experience is real, and your experience is valid, and your experience is significant, but it's not true everywhere, so it's not the truth. It's your experience. That's what's going on here with these Jewish believers. Their identity had become so embedded in their story that they could no longer tell the truth from a lie. We're free. We have always been free. No, you haven't. You're not even free right now. At the end of the day, you have to do whatever Caesar says you have to do, even in this moment, they could not admit the truth. And can I just tell you, denying your issues will never bring you freedom. See, what's dangerous about turning your experience into your truth is it'll cause you to create sweeping generalities. So now, one woman hurts you Now it's all women are. One man disappoints you. Now it's all men are. Your father left you. Now it's all father's will. One leader or authority figure failed you. Now it's all authority is. One pastor did this. Now it's all pastors do. You've got to be very careful about turning your experience into your truth. Now, I'm not advocating the denial of your experience. I'm not saying that your experience is not real or valid. All I'm trying to say is that as long as you hold to your truth and deny the truth, you'll never be delivered. And just like the Jews... We're in denial about the bondage that they were in. I know many believers who do the same thing. It's not that big a deal. I can quit whenever I want. I'm not addicted. I don't need this. It's just a stress relief for me. It's not hurting anybody. It's perfectly legal. Everybody does it. Look, I'm not here to invalidate your experience. Your experience is valid. It is personal to you. It's part of who you are, and God even wants to use it. I love it when people share their story. I love it when people say, this is what happened in my life. This is what I experienced, and this is what God has done in my life. That's good. All I'm trying to say is that there is no such thing as your truth or my truth. There's only the truth. And I wanna help you understand it through brainstorm and green needle. Brainstorm and green needle. Has Anybody ever heard of this brainstorm and green needle? Anybody know what I'm talking about? A few of you, a few of the people that are with it, the smart ones, the intelligent ones in the group. Uh, no, I'm just joking. Everybody here, if you come to this church, you are just so much smarter than your peers. <laughs> Brainstorm and Green Needle. I'll, I'll, I'll set this up for you. This um, it's kind of big last year. Uh, a while back, someone recorded the audio of this voice on a toy. They were doing a, I don't know, toy review, open box, you know, do this kind of thing, that stuff on, on YouTube. Somebody recorded the audio of this voice speaking on the toy. And as things, you know, are wont to do, somebody saw it and posted it on Reddit. And then from Reddit, it went to TikTok, uh, the beacon of purity in our culture. And uh, this is a good sermon. When you've got Urban Dictionary, Reddit, and TikTok all in a message, you know God is doing something. So somebody heard this, saw it, posted it on TikTok where it went viral. And there's been a number of these different things in our culture from time to time. This one went viral last year, 2020, it happened a while back. Um, like there was the whole, uh, you know, golden white dress, blue and black dress. Anybody remember that one for a while? How many saw uh, golden white? Yeah, you're my people. How many saw blue and black? How many have no idea what I'm talking about? Okay, that's all right. We'll pray for you. Um, <laughs> there was the, the Yanni and Laurel. I used that in a sermon one time. You guys remember that one? Um, this one is different, though, because like with those, you saw what you saw, or you heard what you heard. But this one was unique, because with this one, brainstorm and green needle, determine based on what you focused on or thought of, determined what you heard. So I, I wanted to like just have us experience this for ourselves. Um, if we can put, we got the words on the screen, Brainstorm Green Needle. So I don't know if that'll be on the screen, but think of the one that you want to hear, Brainstorm or Green Needle. And let's go ahead and play that clip. Play that audio for me. Stop for, Stop for a minute. All right. Um, how many of you heard Brainstorm? Anybody? A few of you? How, i you usually like to raise your hand for real, right? How many of you heard Brainstorm? See this? Okay. How many heard Green Needle? Let's see how many of you um, didn't hear anything? You need to get your hearing checked? Okay, we're going to pray for these people after service. Let's just try this again. If you, how many heard them both? Can you hear, hear them both? Okay, try this again. Whichever one you focus on is what you're going to hear. Let's try this again. Brainstorm or Green Needle? Here's the point. Here's the point. How you hear depends on what you hold. How you hear depends on what you hold. What we believe to be true is not always the truth because what we behold determines what we believe. And I thought it was interesting that Jesus said to these Jews who had believed in him, he says, if you hold my teaching." Not my truth. If you hold my teaching, if you hold my word, if you hold my logos, if you hold what I've said, if you hold my teaching, if you hold my word, then you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. And many times we're holding on to our truth instead of his word. Many times we're holding on to our truth instead of the truth. Now here is the truth about this Brainstorm Green Needle. It really says Brainstorm. That, that's the truth on it. it. It says Brainstorm. There was this toy. It was this toy. I don't know a lot about it. Ben 10 is the toy. This guy had these different suits or costumes that he could wear. And this particular costume suit was called Brainstorm. And you play this, push this button. It said, this, said his name, Brainstorm. But I was Googling, researching the phenomena of this brainstorming green needle and the audiologist who was explaining it, he said that the reason it's hard to understand, the reason you hear both is because it's such low quality. And because our brains are designed to turn messy signals into meaning, it's hard to understand. So what you do, whatever... You focus on, you turn these low quality sounds, voices, noises into your observable experience. I thought it was interesting how he talks about how what you hold determines what you hear. But what was more interesting is the fact he said, the reason it's hard to understand is because it's a low quality voice. A low quality voice. Because many times we're listening to low quality voices. Many times we're listening to voices that sound like hell. Many times we're listening to voices that talk like hell. And then we wonder why we can be a Christian who's going to heaven and feel like hell because we're listening to low quality voices. Maybe that's why Paul wrote, Set your mind on things above. Maybe that's why, in another place, he said, Hey, whatever's true, think on these things. See, the, the trouble with holding on to your truth is that it doesn't deliver on the promise of freedom. And culture will tell you to just speak your truth, just live your truth. And if anybody ever tries to make you feel trapped by your truth, well, then all you need to do is just raise your voice. But scripture says something a little different. See, John, the individual who was at this encounter, John, the one who recorded this incident in John chapter eight, the one who wrote this gospel, John, he later on wrote another letter to believers, to people who not only believed in Jesus, but had made the decision to place their trust in him and follow him and endeavor to be his disciple. And in first John, chapter one, he wrote something to him that I thought it was interesting. I wonder if he had this moment from John chapter eight in his mind when he wrote this, because he said, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. See, I kind of wonder if he was remembering this instance when these believers denied the truth because they believed a lie. And he said, but if we confess. Now, normally when we hear that word confess, what we think about is to repent of our sin. We think about to admit where we're wrong to say the sins that we did. That's that's true. That that is confession. But when the Bible uses the word confession, it, it means it a little bit differently. That's a true part of confession, but when the Bible's talking about confession, what it means is to say the same thing or to say together. When the Bible talks about confession, what it means is to Put yourself in agreement with God. So, in this moment where culture will tell you to just speak your truth and live your truth, and if somebody doesn't like it, to raise your voice, John says, Don't speak your truth, speak the truth. In other words, saying, don't just raise your voice. Instead of just raising your voice, elevate your words. Change what you're saying. Instead of echoing the reality of low-quality experiences, change what you're saying. Set yourself in agreement with God. Begin to speak a higher truth. Instead of, reverberating the reality of low-quality experiences, begin to speak a high-fidelity truth. You know, fidelity really means faith. Speak your faith. Speak God's word. Speak the truth of what he has said. It's funny because I think as you begin to do this, you're going to sound different. When you speak the truth, you should be sounding different than reliving those low-quality lies. But it made me think about my wife because my wife Marissa, she's she's preached like three times already this year. She told me she's not doing it again until radiant once we're in the new building. But she, she's preached a few times already this year. And I talked about our online audience. You know, some of the people that watch online every week is her family in Iowa, and and you know. Just like Jesus said, a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown. Well, it's it's always funny when she's preaching because they know her. Like, you know, they grew up with her. They they live with her. And so one of the comments they made is like, why does she sound like that? She's got a preaching voice. What's with the preaching? Well, let's be honest. I mean, we all have a preaching voice, right? It's not like I'm going to talk like this to you if we're sitting across the table at coffee. Hey, can you quiet it down here a little bit loud? It's just the way I talk when I got the mic in my hand, okay? Well, all of us have a preaching voice, but I was thinking as you begin to elevate your words, you need to find a preaching voice. You should be sounding different than just speaking these low quality lies. Just like the writer of Hebrews said, you wanna know what confession is? In Hebrews 13, verse five, the writer said this, because God has said, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Verse six, so we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Because God has said, so we say. Because God has said, so we say. Because God has said, he is my refuge in times of trouble. So I say, I'm not gonna be afraid. Because God has said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, I'm gonna say, I can handle this. But because God has said, he would never leave me or forsake me, I'm gonna say, I'm not gonna be afraid in this moment. Because God has said, so we say. I'm just here to tell you the truth about your truth today. Don't let your truth become your trap. Don't let it keep you from experiencing the freedom that God has for you. I, I get it. There are some lies that we have learned so well that they feel more true than the truth does. I've been there. But as long as you deny the truth, you'll never be delivered. Real truth will set you free. Real truth will set you free. I know that's what you did but it's not who you are. That was the past, but it's not your future. It happened, but there's still hope. It was evil, but it's not the end. It's not good, but God can still turn it for good. Real truth will set you free. So what are you to do? If I could give you a practical application And don't turn your experience into your truth. Get rid of that phrase. It's your experience, it's real. It's not your truth because what you hold is gonna determine the voice that you hear. I wanna encourage you to hold on to what God has said. Hold on to his teaching. It's okay to raise your voice. Don't speak your truth, speak the truth. Declare it the truth of God's word over your life. And that's what I wanna give you an opportunity to do in this moment.